0: I didn't know that when I signed up to be liturgist this morning that I would be uh, blessed with all the difficult words to pronounce today. (laughs) But my wife said, if there's anybody that could do it, you know, let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of God prior to the proclamation of the word. From the book of Acts, the second chapter, the first through the 13th verse reads thus. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. And in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Paul. Good job on the hard words. Um, I think those times you just kind of plow through it. Nobody really questions whether you had it right or not, right? let us pray. Holy God, send your Spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen spirit of god bright flame send us in your holy name the power to heal to share your love everywhere we cannot fail or fall or no defeat at all held in your hands born on your wings Hallelujah, come spirit come. Hallelujah, come spirit come. Spirit of God, bright flame. So just this last weekend, and the weekend for a pastor like me means Thursday and Friday, so we came back yesterday. But this past weekend, Jimbo and the boys and I were able to take a little trip up to the mountains. It was lovely weather. We had a great jo- a great t- time. And during our hikes and our driving around in the Frisco, Breckenridge, Silverthorne area, we saw all the work that the appropriate authorities were doing to mitigate forest fires. If you've been up there recently or any summer in the mountains, you know what they do. They either take the fallen down trees or chop down the dead trees and make all these slash piles, right? This kind of little teepee formation. And we saw those everywhere. Or we saw the leftovers of a controlled burn with just dark patches of ash staining a huge circle in the ground. Because fire is dangerous. And in this area of the country, we are acutely aware of fire danger with each hot and dry summer day. It's almost a given. Around here, that we're gonna have at least one wildfire in the summer, if not multiple and if not very um, destructive. But fire is also cleansing and necessary, like burning the slash piles of Beetle Kill Wood that catches fire quickly and has the potential to spread like, well, wildfire. And our forests need the intense heat of a fire to open up the seeds of trees and other vegetation for new life to begin. Fire. It's dangerous. It's cleansing. It's necessary. I wonder what the people really thought when this violent wind came upon that upper room, and suddenly there were tongues of fire rusting upon the heads of those that were there. Can you imagine it? There was wind, confusion, the clashing of languages all being spoken at the same time. Tongues of fire. And out of this fiery chaos was born the church. So today is Pentecost, the name coming from the Greek word Pentecoste, meaning 50th, as this celebration rests 50 days after we observe Easter. So 50 days ago, we were here celebrating Easter. Easter. And that seems like a long time, but even though in our liturgical calendar and in our own lives, we've pretty much moved on from Easter, we honored the terror, we celebrated the best that we could with flowers and lilies and pastel colors and egg hunts. But for us, that was weeks and weeks ago. So on Pentecost we need to be reminded that for the disciples that timeline was much shorter. They had just been with Jesus. They had just watched him die. They had just gone to the empty tomb. They had been living out this radical ministry with Jesus, calling out injustices in their society, healing those who were sick, preaching of this revolutionary kind of world where the least are lifted up to be of the same value and worth as those that had the most. But it all ended in a fiery tumble, As Jesus flew too close to the sun, perhaps, the Icarus of his time not obeying the laws of society that had been laid out for him, and he blatantly ignored those rules and tried to overcome. But now here they are, these disciples, just days after death. Not really understanding what that tomb that had no body really meant. Reeling with the death of their leader. Having tasted what it was like to rage against the machine. And now they are just scared. Cowering. Fearing their own lives. And not only that. Wondering now what will they do? Now that the flame that had lit their way has been snuffed out. And in their hiding place, they are trying to not bring attention to themselves. They have shut the doors. They have drawn the curtains. Because if the wrong people were to find out where they had gathered, well, who knows what might happen? So here they are in a room, hunkered down in grief and mourning. But God had other plans. God came rushing in, throwing open the windows with violet wind, and something swept over them that filled them with voice and language, and they began to speak out. And people heard them, and they appeared to be on fire, burning with the purpose of the Spirit and filled with courage and mission that would take them all the way through the book of Acts. I wonder if this is the story that John Wesley was thinking about when he said, Light yourself on fire with passion. And people will come from miles to watch you burn. Because this wasn't just an upper room experience. This was the destruction of fear and uncertainty of their lives. This was a cleansing of the grief and sorrow. This was a new life for this group of people and all that would come after them passion in their hearts to tell others about Jesus and the amazing world that he envisioned. The wind was ripping apart God's spirit to be wild and alive among the people, to move them, inspire them, to send them into the world and to change the world like wild fire dangerous and necessary. There's a lot of talk in the United Methodist Church about the purpose and the relevance of the church these days. As you know, probably for years, we have been a denomination split over issues of inclusion and what rules to follow in our guiding document which is called the book of worship and I was going to have it to show you but it's on my desk I forgot so it's a book called the book of discipline and there are a couple of statements in that book that condemn homosexuality and the allowing of those with differing sexual orientations to be credentialed as pastors. There are those in the church that want to keep the rules, and there are those in the church that want to change the rules. And for over 40 years, we've been fighting internally, it is a long, slow burn. A few events have fanned the flames, like the election of the first out lesbian bishop, for example, who just happens to be the bishop of our conference. Also, the postponement of general conference, which is really the only gathering body of the church that has the authority to change the rules for the church. Because of COVID, it's just kind of kicked the can down the road year by year. Another event has been the formation of a new denomination called the Global Methodist Church that would be a place for those who want to keep the rules, but at the same time the hesitancy of those who want to leave to the Global Methodist Church to actually leave because of arguments over land and money. And then there are those of us that don't want to leave but do want to change the rules that are stuck in a tricky place. I'm biased, if you didn't hear my bias in that. And I name and I own that. And I feel as though my bias comes from a place of passion. Passion that was passed to me from others before me that were radical enough to claim the vision of a revolutionary, if chaotic, church where all are fiercely welcomed and embraced and celebrated. Amen. Amen. There's part of me, I have to admit... That is tempted to want to hunker down, kind of let the fire rage and see what happens when everything dies, out and see what's left. There's another part of me that I don't seem to have much control over, by the way, who wants to step into the flames and make sure that it spreads as deep and wide as it can, dangerously necessary, so that ground for new life can be created. And so on this day, when we celebrate the birth of the church... I do not at all believe that God is done with the church, but something is changing. The wind is blowing. Can you hear it? The curtains are starting to rustle. Do you see it? God's Spirit is on the move and is looking for kindling for the burn. A fire that I believe will burn away prejudice, racism, and all that divides us? Are you ready for it? I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.